0: Hey, everybody, welcome in to the West Side Sports Podcast. Apologies for the delay and content. I have been in the middle of a uh, little bit of a personal uh, adventure, an adventure, a journey right now. I'm recently getting back into the work field um, after being on a long hiatus due to an injury. Unfortunately, that was sustained a few years ago, which is why I had so much time for you guys to create content. Um... But again huge apologies uh and again appreciation and patience for everybody who's been waiting for for content. For those of, for those of you who do not know who I am if you are listening to to the podcast for the first time, my name is Dakota Ezra. I'm the host, I am the creator of this podcast. Um again, I uh, it's been such such a long time. So much has happened in the sports world since I've been back on the mic. Now, we're going to pretty much just hop into everything that's been prevalent going on for this week of sports. I have a pretty lengthy Around the World section, which uh, for those of you who are new, we usually start the podcast here uh, with an Around the World section talking about all the major headlines, pretty much from Bleacher Report, Twitter, ESPN, all the good jazz, Mariners, Seahawks, and we finish off with a few cracking highlights, and then we're going to hop out for the day. Well, the Super Bowl rematch or the Super Bowl match, excuse me, has been set. It is going to be none other than the Kansas City Chiefs led by Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey in the high-powered offense versus Jalen Hurts in the monstrous offensive line, Jason Kelsey, defense led by Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. Uh, absolutely two phenomenal teams, in my personal opinion. I think this is the best option the best matchup that we could have got for the super bowl yes i'm not gonna lie i wanted uh uh, cincinnati in this game i'm a huge joe burrow fan i love his moxie i love his setup but the matchup between pat patrick mahomes and jalen hurts does make this a bit more tangible and a bit more uh conversation filled as we're kind of more not having a repeat of you know you know can burrow bounce back versus can um patrick mahomes continue to cement his legacy as one of the young greatest quarterbacks to really touch the field for, for the National Football Football League, Jalen Hurts is going to get paid a massive amount of money. A lot of conversations out of Philadelphia, uh, mainly of the not only El Hombre, for those of you who do not know, that is Michael Bradley. You can find him on Wyman and Bob via CL Sports Station. Uh, there was a conversation that was had yesterday about the value of. Of Jalen Hurts and he was talking 44 million dollars that's what the running rate is for these guys like Patrick Mahomes um, I hate to put him in this class but money-wise he is Aaron Rodgers stuff like that though those, those kind of quarterbacks uh, it's gonna be Justin Herbert's probably next to the table for money Derek Carr is due to make over 40 million dollars this year Ryan Tannehill I believe is 37 or 38.3 if I remember correctly so there's a lot of quarterbacks with huge cap hits. Russell Wilson, the beginning of his cap hit starts essentially or effectively this season. So Jalen Hurts obviously is going to be the leader or the lead vote getter for MVP. He is he should get it. He should be the one to receive the award this year. There's plenty of other players like Justin Jefferson that had a great season. Uh, but it's got to be Jalen Hurts when you go 16-3 and three in the regular season. You put up 546 total points. Incredible display of offense. So just got to give some love, some shout out to those two quarterbacks and for the matchup. Congrats to one LeBron James. I do not cover a whole lot of basketball in here, but there is a couple of pretty big news that happened yesterday. Obviously, he is now the all-time NBA scoring points leader. Uh, fantastic accomplishment on a longevity long worn uh, award and driven career by one LeBron James. Um, for those of you who are wanting to hear what my opinions are, if he is the greatest of all time, all I'm going to say is that I will forever be in the court of Michael Jordan. Uh, there's nothing, that is nothing against James himself obviously he has a phenomenal generational talent um at his you know five different positions that he can play on on the court at all times the the career of cleveland to miami and um obviously the the lakers and stuff like that he's had a very very good career obviously he's on the the mount Rushmore. but just a, a brief congratulations to that accomplishment passing one kareem abdul jabbar Kyrie Irving was traded to none other than the Dallas Mavericks, headed by Mark Cuban. That package was Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and draft Picks as well. There were conversations be had out of LA that LeBron was, quote, disappointed and frustrated that the Lakers were unable to make a deal happen for Kyrie Irving. Obviously, LeBron sees that father time is beginning to tap him on the shoulder ever so slightly, uh, which is accelerating his timeline, accelerating his pace at which he's trying to get stuff done. But you look at what the return was. You look at the overall grades from ESPN via uh, Adrian Wojnowski, Uh, That's a handful to say. The um the Dallas Mavericks were a D-plus due to the fact that Kyrie Irving is going to be an unrestricted free agent who's trying to find the most amount of money possible. Um, one short brief thing on Kyrie Irving before I get too into the other side of the draft value. He himself, Kyrie Irving, recently deleted his anti-Semitic post that he issued due to the Demands out of the Brooklyn Nets organization and the administration and so on. This is just another example of how people truly feel about certain matters. I am not a political podcast. I do not cover that kind of stuff. But when it comes down to athletes and those athletes are role models for adults and so many children and so many more generations. You know, there's going to be kids at some point in time that say, Oh yeah, I remember watching Kyrie Irving dribble the, the the basketball, and he had effortless handles, and he could do crossovers in his sleep. Well, that'll be a part of it, but he'll also be remembered for his comments on the worth on the world being flat, the Illuminati, uh, now the anti anti-Semitic film, excuse me. Um, it's just a bad look for Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving really doesn't give a damn. Anybody how it has to feel about this. That's why I'm not a fan of Kyrie Irving. I think he's just full of his own. You know what, if you catch my drift, I try to keep it clean as I can here for you guys. Um, but the Mavericks clearly see that Luka Doncic is the front runner for MVP this season and in the NBA, and they're trying to build around him to see if they can get a championship this season. I don't blame them. That's a very admirable thing to do. Luka is a absolutely incredible player. I have talked a lot of ups and a lot of downs here on this podcast about Luka Doncic. I think he is vastly underrated. I mean, I just say vastly, but he has been underrated and undervalued in the league for years he was too nice he was too soft well he has had a you know a run or a history of getting a little bit um a little bent out of shape a little wired a little, uh, screwed a little tight if you catch my drift but the mal uh, mark cuban and the mavericks realize that they need to get a championship uh, core around luka before luka hits the free agency money and he's el- eligible for the supermax contract which i think for luka is going to be right around 300 million dollars good grief that's, that's a lot of cheddar. So as far as the nets that got they got a B plus on on this grade for the draft picks for Spencer Dinwiddie, which is funny because Dinwiddie, I believe, was a net at one point, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, Dorian Finney Smith's a fine two-a player. He's gonna be a forward, he's gonna be able to give you some interesting value, but not a whole lot. But the but the draft capital for the foreseeable future for Brooklyn is really big. Now the question obviously becomes what do they do with Kevin Durant? That's TBD. Nobody knows what's gonna happen with with Kevin Durant. I think Kevin Durant got tired of Kyrie Irving. That's my own personal opinion and say get the hell out of town. and hope the door hits your asshole on the way out of the building. Pro Bowl takeaways and reactions. I had to say it was a pretty good Pro Bowl. I did not watch hardly any of it to be honest and if I, the criticism comes my way saying why are you talking about something you hardly watched? That's fair. But the Pro Bowl conversation is one that's very important for the future of the NFL for the fact that the Pro Bowl has been god awful for years. It's been two it's been two hand touch. No one does anything. Quarterbacks hardly throw. Uh the hundred meter dash, you got off defensive lineman, outrunning Tyree Kill. It's a joke, right? So this year was it was a lot better. They're trying to get guys out of their natural positions, doing different things. I thought the throwing drill was decent. Probably can be upgraded next year in a couple different facets. Derek Carr, Geno Smith uh, performed fairly well. Obviously, Derek Carr won the event. Geno plays third. Uh, the long drive uh, with Zadarius Smith and the other gentleman. I don't remember his name up top of my head. Apologies. That was interesting as well. Seeing these big guys swing a golf club. It's like Happy Gilmore. So that was kind of interesting to see what happens with that. Roger Goodell, none other but himself, the NFL commissioner. Um, said that he was pretty pleased, and that they would definitely not be referring or uh, referring, excuse me, back to the previous years and the formats. They'll be rolling with this sometime next season, and they'll be adjusting it on the fly. Sean Payton uh, is officially the head coach of the Denver Broncos. There was a bunch of media sound clips I got came out about that the last couple of days. Mostly, the big one, big takeaway that Sean Payton made it abundantly clear, crystal clear, like you're seeing through iceberg, you know, Icelandic water, that. There will be no coaches that have uh, offices in this organization, in this building. If you are a Denver Bronco, you will show up to work. You will shut your mouth. You will do your job. You will do it to the best of your physical capability, and you will leave it there. This does apply uh, to our own Seattle native, Jake Heaps, who left Seattle Sports Station uh, via an opportunity to work out with Russell Wilson in Denver as his personal QB coach. Uh, Jake's great with that opportunities. He's great with that knowledge. I don't think in like how my perspective, my lens with this views it, that this is going to benefit Jake at all. I think this is going to make things considerably more difficult. And Sean Payton's gonna come in. He is a feather right off of the goose of uh, none other than the Bill Parcells himself. So he's gonna come in. He's gonna establish his culture. He's gonna say what is allowed, what is not allowed, and either you're gonna get on the bandwagon or you're gonna get off, and then they're not. You're you're not gonna have an opportunity to get back on. So there's that. I want to talk about a couple uh quarterback controversies going on in football. Obviously, I've talked at nauseam about Aaron Rodgers, but I gotta keep talking about it because he keeps can't he keeps flapping his gums and he can't shut his mouth. So what it comes down to with Aaron Rodgers, the 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 national you know conclusion to this is that Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay are not going to reunite for this upcoming season. He is going to go somewhere. I the more and more I think about this which is going to sound crazy from because what I talked about last offseason when Devontae Adams was traded. I think he's going to be a Raider. I do which is stupid in my opinion because you're getting rid of Derek Carr and his 40 million to take on Aaron Rodgers and more money than Derek Carr, and you have to, like, the Raiders are looking for, or excuse me, uh, if the Raiders are looking for a third-round pick for Derek Carr, which we're going to do here in a minute, I'm thinking Green Bay has got to be looking for at least the bare minimum, or at least the very similar package. You could see maybe, uh, you know, a... Uh, uh, third and a fourth, you could do a uh, second and a fifth. I don't think anybody's giving a second round pick for Aaron Rodgers. I think that you're gonna get anything. You're gonna get a third round pick for him. Um, I would take it and run, as the song goes. But I think one probably Las Vegas, two would be the Jets. I have talked about the fits with the Jets. That kind of makes a whole lot of sense to me personally. But you guys just kind of see how how this plays out. Aaron Rodgers is quote in a dark times re like step away vacation wherever he wants to call it. I don't really care I don't give a you know what what he says he could be off smoking ayahuasca trying to find another definition of true love and nobody would know the difference so it's going to be trying times I'm very excited to see what they do at quarterback position and see if Jordan Love can get his opportunity in Green Bay I think he is more than adequate to step in and perform the, the job requirements and the duties that are being asked of him but it's going to be a matter of TBD, see what happens. I would not be shocked if they draft a quarterback in this draft. It's not the strongest draft class, but um, if they want to go maybe somebody a little bit older with maybe a shorter timeline, maybe you go with Stetson Bennett out of Georgia. You look at maybe somebody like a Sean Clifford out of Penn State. I've talked about him a time or two on here. You have options. Uh, Malik uh, Malik Hooker, I think it is, the quarterback, the kid out of Tennessee, but he's older. He's 25 So, you have plenty of options. Obviously, the main guys, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis are probably going to be gone. So, it would be interesting though because I think Will Levis would be very interesting over there in Green Bay. And then I spoke of Derek Carr. Uh, He made it abundantly clear at at the Pro Bowl that he doesn't give a rat's ass about the organization. He doesn't care about what they feel. He doesn't care about how they, you know, evaluate prospects. He don't care about how he runs it. He's done dealing with their crap. I don't blame him. It's been a dumpster fire has been a crap shoot for years in las vegas he they uh, get this i saw the stat and raised my eyebrows pretty good so Derek carr has never had a defense rated higher than 20th in all the football and all his years playing in las vegas or for the raiders organization under the uh the uh tenage or of mark davis um yeah that's just bad you know you look at what, what, what they've had with josh jacobs you look at uh, Darren Waller, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro. They did spend some money. I don't know if they're going to keep Darren Waller. Obviously, if they get Aaron Rodgers, there might be a cap casualty to get rid of Darren Waller, but I don't see them doing that because Darren Waller is incredibly talented. He can go to any team and easily, easily be a next year's Pro Bowler. Um, San Francisco has hired former defensive, or excuse me, former Carolina Panthers interim head coach Steve Wilkes as their new defensive coordinator to replace one D'Amico Ryans who went to Houston on a six-year contract that is around the world for today that is in a way longer version than normal let me know what you guys think you can reach out to me on my Twitter handle capital PNW professor you can find me there um, some people are kind of confused on that sometimes. The PNW section of that is is capitalized. The professor part after that is not. So you can find me on there if you want to reach out to me. Give me some ideas on what you want me to talk about. Uh, I want to be kind of doing some mailbags. I want to aim to be doing these podcasts probably... One to two a week probably is the most amount of time we're going to have for this now that I'm back to working on a full-time schedule. So obviously, I don't have as much downtime for you guys, which I apologize for. But I'm still going to try and get you guys some more content on a more regular basis. Anticipate probably at least one, if not two podcasts a week. One is a good, solid baseline to work from. And if it's going to be one, it's going to be a longer one. So just an FYI, the Mariners have been pretty busy. They extended, they extended Dylan Moore, good old Demo, to a three-year $8.73 million extension that will void his years of arbitration. Good deal for the Mariners. Good deal for Dylan Moore. Value is about right for, for good old Dylan Moore. Uh, we're going to be seeing a lot more of Demo this season, especially at second base. All the conversation sounds like it's been around the will Platoon at second base with Colton Wong. Uh, could be playing at, at shortstop. They gave J.P. Crawford some extra days off. Because there's been a lot of conversation from Jerry and uh, Justin about they just ran J.P. Crawford into the friggin' dirt last year. They had no other options. They didn't really know how to trust Dylan Moore at shortstop. Sam Haggerty is not a shortstop. He's more of a left fielder, second base guy. But it's uh, very, very clear that Dylan Moore is going to get much more reps, much more uh, opportunities this season. So, well-earned contract extension, not a tremendous amount of money. And between the buyouts and the arbitration money... And I expected AAV salary for him. It's about right on the money. They're saving themselves right around about a million bucks or so. So it's another smart move by Jerry and Justin. Uh, I want to talk about the hype behind one prospect in the Mariners organization that has had by far undisputedly the most hype around him throughout the course of the offseason. That's really ramped up here with all the events happening within the last few weeks. That is one Bryce Miller Bryce Miller, starting pitcher uh, out of a draft a few years ago, tall, lanky kid, fastball is sitting comfortably at 98, 99 miles an hour. He is going to be the like version of Logan Gilbert, George Kirby that we've been uh, kind of accustomed to in a very fortunate way with our pitching that he's going to come in and he's going to vie for playing time. He's going to, he's going to come in. He's going to probably get a handful of starts. Maybe they use him as a, as a bullpen role, but that really diminishes his value. Not that they would obviously want to trade him. It sounds like the conversations that were based around him uh, for like guys like, like a Brian Reynolds pretty much died at the moment they started because the Mariners are making abundantly clear. They're not trading Bryce Miller or Brian Wu. Those are two guys that are clear, uh, quote pretty much close to Bryce Miller is untouchable right now for them. He's their version of George Kirby that it was a year ago. And then Brian Wu is nearly untouchable. It would have to be like Brian Wu and like two other lower name prospects to get a Brian Reynolds because of the value that Brian Wu has in the, in the organization as well as the nationwide consensus. Uh, talked about uh, a little bit about Bryce Miller. You can kind of expect him maybe to get, I don't know, maybe 7 to 10 starts, probably a season. That would be expected. That's not a lot, but he's going to get his opportunities. And there's going to be other guys going inside the bullpen this year. You could talk about Travis Kuhn, Isaiah Campbell. We'll get into more of those conversations as we get closer to spring training, which we are getting much closer to seeing. Thank goodness it's sunny outside and it just makes you think of baseball. So uh, Left field set situation is going to be really interesting to see in spring training with the fact that Jared Kellinick, Taylor, Taylor Trammell, and Cade Marlowe are all not playing in the World Baseball Classic. This is going to be a great opportunity to see who has taken the biggest strides in the offseason. I'm going to be looking, obviously, a lot at Jared Kelnick. I'm going to be looking a lot at Taylor Chamel. See what Cade Marlowe has to offer. They've talked pretty highly about Cade Marlowe. They had him on the taxi squad for the playoffs. And then AJ Pollock. See what the veteran can do. See what the the guy, the righty can, you know, come in and just do what he's always done. Hit left-handed pitching. uh, Be a decent glove in the outfield and be a good locker room and dugout presence as well. Uh, A couple reports uh, that Logan Gilbert has continued to work on a sinker here in the offseason. We saw this at the end end of the year. He had a fastball that had a little bit of tail to it, kind of a little bit of a sinking action. Uh, He was sitting right around 94, 95 on that. It's just just another way that Logan Gilbert's trying to induce more soft contact to keep his pitch count down. Logan does have a tendency to get pretty high on his pitch count, but he's able to, with all of his 50,000 little knickknacks and gadgets and toys he has in his bag, which is one of the reasons why I love Logan Gilbert, he is an incredibly uh, diligent, persistent worker when it comes to getting his body and getting it in tuned on a weekly basis. Uh, I like the sinker edition. I would prefer the sinker over a cutter. I think the sinker gives you more opportunities to induce more ground balls. Obviously, use your infield a little bit more and keep your pitch count down. Conversations from Greg uh, Greg Insiger uh, of. Uh, MLB Network. He talked about an interesting trade that the Mariners could trade for Fernando Tatis Jr. I I'm just gonna tell you guys that I think this is just con. This is just clout content. Uh, no due disrespect to Greg. He is absolutely phenomenal. The way he does on MLB Network. But you'd have to look. You look at the all the numbers. I was listening to Jeff Passon, which was incredibly refreshing to hear Jeff Passan's voice yesterday on Brock and Salk show via 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 Seattle Sports Station. If I can talk and uh, Potters are, are going to want young and con- controllable pitching. They're going to ask Logan Gilbert and George Kirby. Obviously, that, that's a no. So they're going to say, okay, Bryce Miller, Brian Wu, Taylor Taylor Dollard. No. And a lot of people are going to say well, Tatis and Julio in the lineup. It would be prolific. It could be incredible. It could. It could. Um, but look at the, you, you talk about how much money is associated with Fernando Tatis Jr. million is on the tab of Fernando Tatis Jr. Ladies and gentlemen, you just paid Julio Rodriguez the richest contract possibly in the history of baseball. You're looking at guys like Cal Raleigh, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, Teoscar Hernandez. All are going to need money. All are going to want contracts, right? if, If Cal continues this ascent, you obviously need to resign him. The same goes with Logan Gilbert, George Kirby especially. Um, I think Kirby's going to cost a little bit more than Logan. because I think Kirby's upside is still looking a little bit higher than Logan's. That is obviously no disrespect to Logan Gilbert. We all know his talent. However, the conversation at the end of the day is all about value. And I think that uh, George Kirby's value is a little bit higher than Logan Gilbert's right now. So, to Oscar Hernandez, if he has a good season or if he's halfway through the season and he's raking, I would not be surprised at all to see Jerry and Justin pull the trigger and keep that part of that core of that right in the middle of our lineup and our team locked up for the foreseeable future with him and Julio elite Rodriguez. Okay. Um, that's the Mariners section for today. Uh, we have a lot of Seahawks. We got a lot of Seahawks. I'm going to talk my reactions from Gino, uh, from the pro bowl. I want to talk about the conversation you had on the pivot podcast with Ryan Clark, We'll get into that, and then I'm going to talk about some Senior Bowl takeaway stuff I heard from one Lewis Riddick, what I think about that and how that will apply for the Seahawks, and then we're going to talk just briefly about the Kraken, and then I'm going to hop out for this podcast. Gino performed pretty well at the Pro Bowl. I like what I saw. I liked his moxie. I liked the overall build. I like how he uh, really interacted with his peers. You can see the respect he has from everybody. That's what I want to see. Does Geno have that clout, right? And so we say, how can Geno have clout? He's only had a starting opportunities for one season. That's a, fair, that's a fair argument, right? Good point. Here's the thing game sees game, right? Like Kobe says game sees game, game respects game, player respects player. And Geno's got game, everyone sees it. This dude could flat out span the football, he's so accurate. That's the one thing with Gino that really blows me away is his accuracy. I didn't expect Gino... You know, I mean, I expected, you know, maybe low 60s, high 50s percentage on completion. Maybe 63, if I was being generous. I did not expect Gino Smith to have the highest completion percentage in all of football. Obviously, nobody could have could have guessed that. But the fact that he has this, has this you know, the clout, the respect, and that he was able to go on this podcast and say flat out, yeah, I love Seattle. Seattle has been great to me, to my family, um, to my ability to grow as a human being, as a player, as a man. This is what I want to hear. This is what we hear. This is what Pete Carroll does. This is what he excels. This is what he shines at, is taking guys and finding their true, true potential as a player, as a man, right? You hear about all these guys that come through this. and They talk about how Pete grows guys. He develops them into the maximum ability they can be as a person. And I love the fact that Gino, unscript, unprompted, just completely raw, said, yeah, I think we're going to get something done inside Seattle. Obviously, I want him to be here, so I like to hear that kind of stuff. But it's just the nature of this position and the league that we're in, that guys are constantly like, come play with me, come play with me, which is, you know, it's great. That's how dynamics and... um and like networking and all that stuff works right that's fantastic but the fact that Gino clearly wants to stay here inside Seattle Gino has the respect of the fan base for the most of the time some people don't want to pay Gino 30 million dollars and my 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 counter to that is then you need the new or then you are okay you are comfortable with exposing yourself and being vulnerable to suck possibly this season. Because nobody knows what Drew Locke is going to be. And I'm in the conversation about, well, if they do this with Gino, why can't they do this with, with Drew? That's fair. But you look at what the skill sets, what they're good at. Gino, decision-making. That's so vitally important, crucial to the position of, of NFL quarterback. You have to pick your decisions accordingly, and you got to do it quickly. Like the One of the big knocks on him coming out of Denver after that trade was that he has poor decision-making. And what is what does Pete talk about? What is his number one pet peeve? Is turnovers. Turnovers typically happen with quarterbacks that make poor decisions. So let's all like myself. I, I'm not gonna say all because that's just you know incorporating everybody into the same tank, right? All the fish in the same aquarium. That Geno is going to be here this this upcoming season unless a team that's desperate, maybe a Tennessee, who who the hell knows, is desperate and says. We can win a Super Bowl with Geno Smith. And there are some teams that feel that way, right? And I think there's a possibility you can have that conversation. But obviously, you need to be able to save money on build up that defense, which is a part of the conversation with Drew Locke that I obviously agree with because we clearly do not have enough talent on the defensive line to compete with the Niners, to compete with the Cowboys, to compete with the Eagles, right? These teams are better than us. And we were in a beautiful position in this draft. At number five, you could get a Jalen Carter. You could, I could list off all of these names. Tyree Wilson. You could get, um, like, Miles Murphy was mocked up there. Now he's dropped down. There's going to be names, after, especially after the, the the Combine in April. Or I believe it's in March because the draft's in April. Excuse me. That once we get more information, obviously these mocks are going to just change. But I'm going to be listening a lot to these guys about Lewis Riddick and the Combine and the big boards and the senior bowl. And speaking of senior bowl, let's get into a couple conversations here, right? Takeaways from the from the senior bowl that apply to our Seattle Seahawks. One, there is a the big boys in the trenches dominated. Both offensive line, defensive line. These are the guys that most of the most of the GMs, the uh scouting directors and scouting personnel are watching these guys exclusively because you win and lose in football and the trenches right you've seen this with the with the eagles you see this with the chiefs they have really quality lines really good qual- a high quality line and they're able to dictate what they want to do and able to execute it out a high level couple of names for you guys dewand jones if you guys haven't heard that name on brock and salk vscl sports station um this dude will block out the sun, as Lewis Riddick said. I love that phrase. And I find it incredibly refreshing to think of a a mountain of a man, a wall of a man that steps in and just pancakes people, takes care of him, Man-han- put his hands on Will Anderson, one of the consensus top five picks in this year's draft, and he didn't do anything against him. Will Anderson was nullified, which is going to vastly raise his stock. This guy could probably be a late first round, late mid to late first round pick. So that's one uh, name to watch. Maybe around 20. A lot of people are saying we don't need an offensive tackle. But if you could slide in Abe Lucas to right guard and bring this guy in a right tackle, or maybe this guy is more of a guard than he is a tackle, and you keep blue Abe, Abe, Abe Lucas, you have a nasty offensive line. And really watch. He is the best center in this draft. Okay. Um. See here, Jalen Brents D, uh, DB out of Kansas State. That, that's a name to watch. Tall, lanky guy, flashed all over the field on a repetitive basis. Has really good hands. Uh, better catchability than Tariq Woolen, but has a similar build to him. Really tall, really lanky. He has his his draft stock has soared the last week. I heard draft uh, Brock Salk uh, Brock and Salk talk about him uh, the other week. Uh, his his reports are just busting off the chain. He's exploding off every chart. So I would anticipate him to be a late first, maybe early second round pick. That would be intriguing uh, with one of our two second or two second round picks. Um, one end to watch, and this is maybe a little bit off the beaten path. Wide receiver from Ohio State, one Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, he is a slot receiver, right? He had a crazy game in, in the Rose Bowl a few years ago. 15 catches, 300 and 350 plus yards five total touchdowns the dude could not be stopped he is a slot exclusive player i would anticipate him probably going mid to late first round if you could get him high second round that would be an incredible steal but i would anticipate that to happen but that would be if you want because we you look at like the names we've had at slot cornerback or a slot wide receiver excuse me in seattle obviously they drafted ds gridge who hasn't done anything marquise goodwin who had injury issues bo melton who couldn't make the cut gary jennings amara darbo the list goes on they haven't had a good slot receiver since paul richardson out of colorado that was a long time ago so uh they just need somebody in there that can pre- provide a solid third wide receiver slot and be able to fill in the roster and just make this raw ro- this offense that's already incredibly high powered even that much better uh quick cracking updates here all players Participate in practice yesterday. Yes, it includes one, Maddie Benears. So we're able to get him back on the ice. We are set to uh, uh, play against the New Jersey Devils in New Jersey tomorrow for the start of the second half season. They were able to make a trade for a a 6 6 defensive man. Uh, apologies, I don't have the name on my charts here for you guys. But uh, just a brief update on that, real, real quick. And uh, hopefully, I can get in there this season to watch a cracking game. It's a little bit, uh, a little bit pricey for your boy. So, if I can get in there and get a feel for what the places are like, I will do a breakdown of reactions from how I felt about the overall environment, the experience that it was, that climate pledge, and all that good stuff. And a farewell at the end of today's podcast to one Brianna Stewart for leaving here from Seattle. You, uh, Brianna Stewart, you are a leader. You are a mentor for so many generations of women and ladies who have aspirations to play basketball at a high level in this country and or around the world. My cousin uh, played overseas at uh, playing a uh, four or five position Large, in fact, because she wanted to seek her dream of playing uh, professional basketball at some fashion in the world. And players like Brianna Stewart are making that more and more available and readily available to these ladies who work their asses off to get to this point. So um, I hope that Brianna Stewart has a fantastic time in New York. It is a bummer, obviously, that we lose her here in Seattle. But as the old saying goes from the country times... All good things must come to an end at some point in time, and her time in Seattle has come to a wrap. Thank you again to everybody for listening. If you've gotten this far uh, in today's podcast, apologies again for the break in-, in between podcasts. I don't blame those of you who left thinking that the podcast had somehow went away. I, um, I'm i on Twitter. Again, You can, I do a lot of my updates on Twitter because I find that a lot of people who listen to this podcast are on Twitter as well so that is capital p n w professor the professor has a capital p the rest is lowercase please reach out to me on that um i know i ask all the time on here but i would really like to do some mariner mailbags maybe uh answer some questions from you guys on what you who are you looking forward to them the most this season what are you trying to get the most out of when it comes to what prospects are you looking at what um what's your favorite food at the ballparks whatever it is ranging wise please just re-reach out to me. Um, if you're a more of a Facebook person, there is a Facebook sports group that I have also created. It's called Sports in the Northwest with a green Mariners Insignia logo on that. And with that being said, uh, I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast. And uh, I will catch you guys soon. I promise on that. my man of my word. And I'll catch you guys then. Have a fantastic day. See us rise. Go Hawks.